Hello ladies and gentlemen, Jan Stalkic here, tax partner of Sorainen. In today's episode we are going to East Europe, to Lithuania, where we meet a tax partner of Sorainen, Saul Dagilita. In uh, today's episode, Saul has uh, really good recommendations about your bookshelf. She will recommend some podcasts to listen as well. Uh, we will speak about emotional health and signs of, of a burnout, about change management, about how she started her career with an NGO in Brussels, why should anyone choose a career in tax, about principles of building a tax team about industries that are emerging and fun to work with in Lithuania and last but not least about her vision that taxes in the future will be paid where it's nice to live with. So stay tuned, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next Tax Stories episode, this time with my dear colleague and uh, friend from our Lithuanian office, uh, neighboring country Lithuania, we are speaking with the partner of our Soren and Tax Office in Lithuania, Saule Dagelite. Hi, Saule. Ciao, Janis. Um, thanks for being in the show. And um, I will uh, will uh, briefly tell about you that you are head of tax at Soren and you managed to grow the Lithuanian tax team from scratch to a top alternative to the big four in just 12 years. Before that, you were working for one of the big four companies. From LinkedIn, I saw that uh, the nice reference that Sala is an excellent client-oriented uh, lawyer with flawless communication skills who speaks the same language as business, and she's a pleasure to brainstorm with. Anything else I uh, forgot to mention about your CV? Um, no, I mean, that's uh, 12 years in Sarayan, some years before that in tax, but not Sarayan. So that's pretty much sums it up. Today is the opening ceremony of the Winter Olympic Games in Beijing. Will you follow the games? <laughs> cool. I, I, to be honest, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, uh, we have uh, uh, an agreement with our family that we try to watch as little TV as possible. So probably, no, today will not be uh, spent watching the, the, the opening of the games. Though, now that I'm talking about it, maybe it would be a good exception to the rule. Uh, let's see. Yeah. And if you follow, which uh, type of sport would you follow? Of course, I understand the Lithuanian basketball team is not playing in uh, yeah. <laughs> winter games. <laughs> since it's winter, oh, yeah, since it's winter, they're not playing. Um, uh, to be honest, I'm I, I, I'm not uh, uh, familiar much with any of the uh, of the winter sports. Uh, my my initial association when you mentioned the Winter Olympic Games was the hockey game once we once watched together in Riga. That was mm. my first and the last hockey game to 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 to, to see uh, live. Will will Latvians play in in the Olympics? Any chance? Yes, if you listen to my previous uh, tech stories <laughs> episode, then I interviewed Kaspers Daugovic, who is. Uh, Right now, on the uh, one of the top scorers in the Latvian national Ooh. team, and and uh, and they will be playing in the in the games uh, shortly. So, um, yeah, uh, it, cool. it's actually fun uh, fun episode to to listen to as well. Okay, uh, but. Uh, Speaking uh, speaking of sports, uh, how are your golf lessons uh, progressing? <laughs> uh, well, it's winter, so uh, not much uh, golfers can do outside at the moment. Uh, our 
uh, uh, we should go to Spain. Yeah, we should either we should go to Spain or I just realized that our golf course where I normally go, uh, they opened it for cross country skiing. So oh. I have a plan to try out golf cross country skiing this week if if the weather if the snow still holds uh but uh, i mean i i wish i i did more of golfing i did i wish i had uh, uh i had better results and, and more time to spend on it but uh yeah it's 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 fun so you have plans to still uh, develop in golf yeah. yeah 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 i have i have plans that at some point we can uh we can two of us play and uh, you can teach me some tricks an organizer and a golf uh, tournament for our clients yeah <laughs> that too speaking of spain uh, i know you are you are traveling a lot uh what would be your best uh, trip so far that you would like to recommend to our listeners oh uh Last year, I my all my holidays were in Spain, so it's a very <laughs> uh, to the point. Uh, I I to be honest, my latest discovery is uh, Mallorca. Uh, we are me and my husband. We are quite fond of hiking, and uh, in Mallorca, you have beautiful weather. If I mean, we we don't like it very hot, so we usually go there April, May, or September, October. Uh, they have very mild, very nice weather. They have beautiful mountains, nice food, and uh, really nice uh, villas that you can stay in. So uh, I've been there twice last year. So you can, <laughs> mm. uh, uh, you know, from 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 that you can uh, uh, judge that I quite liked it. Uh, yeah. So I, I from Spain uh, probably um, Mallorca would be my preferred choice. Mm. Are you considering now changing your tax residency to Spain? I hear <laughs> that uh, we have uh, more favorable tax regimes than they have in Spain. I, I think I even have some clients who, uh, uh, with whom we structured their uh, activities and, and residence in order not to switch their tax residency from Lithuania to, to Spain. So I would say that you know Lithuanian tax residency is beneficial though uh, a Spanish, uh, 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 sh shall we call it, uh, uh, um, weather or, uh, you know, sunshine is uh, is much better. Uh, I, I always I, I always make, joke that, make jokes that in Spain they have managed to tax the sun because mm. Spanish taxes for, for individuals are quite high. They have wealth tax, they have inheritance, high taxes and so on and so forth which is not something we have in Lithuania or a, or Latvia, from what I know. Uh, and the only reason they can levy such high taxes is that because of the weather, many people want to live there anyway. So they can uh, uh, they can utilize their their climate in order to gather more taxes. Mm. But maybe you and your husband could uh, double check Portugal as well and then maybe some other co neighboring countries because I heard that they are quite actively offering uh, quite nice tax rebates for those who are working remotely uh, in, in their countries. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard, I definitely heard that about some islands, some Spanish islands, I guess, are doing that. Mm. And, uh, or, and also uh, Portugal as well. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, 
you know, distant this when we talk about, you know, this remote working uh, with COVID, we know actually all of us have done quite a lot of remote working. And I find that I work like non-remote working more than remotely. So, you mm. know, even if even if uh, uh, Spain or Portugal have very nice weather, uh, I think for our job and to do it properly, we have to be, uh, you know, we have to be able to meet clients and, 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 and everyone else personally. So I say, you know, some time spent in Spain would be nice. I'm considering uh, having a week of holiday either. Well, well, now we're looking at into Madeira, but uh, uh, somewhere somewhere mm. warmer. Uh, but you know, not not really the distant work that some people kind of quite enjoy. Right. Any other hobbies in your site? Uh, do, do do you do you have time for hobbies? Uh, I'm. <sighs> Well, I I always uh, uh, I'm a little bit jealous of people who have like very uh, clearly expressed hobbies. For example, my husband is uh, uh, he has a, a, a motor yacht. I think that's the mm -hmm. word. So a small, small, not the boat. Uh, I don't even know what's the term. Motorboat, no. Motorboat, yeah. I mean, uh, you can. It's big enough to to you know spend the night. It's big enough to 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 be traveling on the sea. So he every minute he gets, he goes there. And I don't have a hobby like that. So uh, I'm a little bit jealous of people who do. Uh, at the same time, if I look at the 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 activities I spend much free time on, I'm I'm reading quite a lot. Uh, all kinds of, you know, different areas, starting with, I just recently read a, a very interesting book about cyber warfare. <laughs> very interesting. I do recommend. Mm. It's called, um, This is How They Tell Us the World Ends. Uh, it's a, a book of the year of 2021, uh, recognized by Financial Times and, and McKinsey. Uh, so reading is one thing, and I do like, you know, walking, hiking. So I spend quite a lot of time, you know, just walking in the forest, uh, sometimes city mm. walks as well. Yeah, so this is mostly. I haven't heard this book. Uh, what is it about in a couple of words? It is a book. I don't rem I'm not very good with names. So I don't remember the name of the author, but it's a book by New York Times journalist who's been working over 10 years in, in cybersecurity, cyber warfare and, 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 and so on. And it's a it's a very good book for anyone who has no knowledge of the, the of the field. Uh, because it gives you an overview of what has been happening in the world in this area since, I don't know, 1970s or something like that. How uh, cyber security came to be, how are cyber attacks technically done? I mean, it's not too technical, but it gives you a glimpse of how that works. It gives you a good historical overview of you know the uh, uh, the attacks on Ukrainian uh, electricity grid, something called not Petya uh, mm, uh, by by expect uh, well by Russian I guess representatives. Then they are looking into the attack uh, that was done on Ira Iranian uh, nuclear facilities. Uh, how their nuclear facilities were sort of disarmed in a way with the attack. Uh, there is there's a lot of history there, but it also gives you an overview of what is happening in the world. 
and where it's heading. And as you can judge from the title, <laughs> I mean, we hear the cyber security, cyber attacks and so on and so forth quite a lot. It's, a, it's become a, a common word, but I never really fully understood what that is and the extent to which uh, uh, it can harm any country. Because basically, with now that everything is managed electronically, uh, uh, everything is connected to the internet and so on and so forth, uh, basically uh, attacking electricity grids, uh, utility companies and so on can, uh, uh, you know, uh, cripple countries if, if successful. And I guess uh, there hasn't been enough adequate actions by countries, even as big as the U.S., to to defend themselves against uh, this risk. And uh, uh, so it's quite eye-opening, and it's also you know it's it's also good good uh, good read uh, for someone who has no experiences in this whatsoever. I mm. I do recommend it's it's not very optimistic, but at the same time it's very interesting and very. Uh, you know, written in a journalist by a journalist, so you know uh, she's she's doing it quite in a friendly, uh, friendly uh, way of balancing technical and uh, and uh, you know uh, historical overview and everything. I heard about this non petcha uh, through my one of the my favorite podcasts. It's called Darknet Diaries. It's uh, it's uh -huh. about uh, <laughs> dark stuff happening on the internet and. Uh, do you listen to any podcasts? And if yes, what's your favorite theme? I uh, I'm not a regular listener, but one of the podcasts I like the most. Is, okay, so I can share two of the post podcasts, uh, podcasts I like. Uh, one of them is by quite famous uh, writer uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Mm. Uh, it's called Revisionist History, and each of the podcasts is about usually they are quite different things but he looks into certain well happenings historical uh, events or uh, uh, something else and he he describes them in somewhat different in a somewhat different light he he likes to you know look into historical uh, events from somewhat different perspectives so uh, revisionist history i do recommend then in lithuanian I quite like a podcast. It's relatively new. It's a, they're on their second season. Uh, there are two uh, business coaches and psychotherapists uh, who are also friends, uh, Viktoras Keturakis and Arturas Deltova. And uh, they have, I don't even remember if they have a name for their podcast, but they basically also have uh, discussions of, on, of different type of things. It's more uh um you know it, it it's it's uh for example one of the topics they they have discussed and i liked it a lot is about you know why we are comparing ourselves to others and you know what does that mean about jealousy and things like that which i i, I feelings we normally don't uh, don't think that much about ourselves mm -hmm. and then they have another podcast for example about uh, sailing uh, uh, through the Baltic Sea, extreme situations, and why would people, and the, including themselves, would choose to to take up on these uh, uh, activities? Uh, so, uh, you know, why do men and women sometimes uh, do things they don't have to do that are risky, that are challenging, and 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 why do we need it all? So it's it's also quite a fun listen to from again different angles. 
on some uh, life questions. Interesting. So history and basically some human touch to 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 yeah. your daily business activities. Yeah. Sounds 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 great. If we return to uh, still to your favorite books, uh, what is the future of books in your opinion? Will the new TikTok generation still read books? <laughs> I can tell you that some two years ago, uh, when I you know I decided I consciously decided I want to read more books. One of the reasons I decided to read more books was because I realized that I uh, my attention span gotten so short I can like read non-stop two pages and then I have to look into my email and check something uh, Google one of the topics that one of the ideas I had while reading the book and so I I couldn't really read book I I mean in one sitting just properly read a book I would <laughs> I would read it for two pages and then Google something uh, so I one of the reasons I decided to read was I want to get this concentration back I want to be able to uh, to 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 go into depth in one topic rather than jumping between many topics as we normally do during the day uh, I have quite many friends who read uh, then again I'm not very uh, young person anymore so I cannot judge by my friends how the young generation will will behave but I do hope that books will continue to be um, uh, uh, enjoyed by by many people I to be honest have this uh, like one of the reasons why I can read it this much is that I try to balance uh, audiobooks with with uh, electronic books and paper books so all of them have their own advantages and disadvantages and uh, uh, you know I switch between audio and and paper and electronic uh, and I very much like the opportunities that you know electronic books gives us to just you know any book you want you can have it in a second and and it's in your it's in your uh, Kindle and uh, uh, very very convenient uh, yeah but I do hope uh, that people will continue having uh, good, uh, you know, attention span to read the books because otherwise, I don't think there are. I mean, if people will not be able to read books of the attention span, uh, then uh, tax topics are um, uh, in trouble because uh, <laughs> quite quite few tax topics can be um, presented in a TikTok video thoroughly. Maybe that will be the future. So. <laughs> well. Uh, then I have to, you know, <laughs> I will have to work on this because I'm not that great yet in, you know, describing uh, uh, complicated stuff in 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 um, short and uh, um, yeah, so short concise form. Yeah, it's interesting what you're saying, and that is really true that uh, the speed of exchange of information is enormous now, and. Uh, if if you want to read a book, you just uh, download it, and in a minute you you just get it. And yeah. uh, if you want to uh, sell a book, you just uh, upload it to the Amazon, and and you're selling it. Uh, no no intermediary is needed. And if you're if you're uh, writing some article, then you just uh, upload it into to the internet. No no need for journals. So it's uh, it's already a different world, but. Uh, yeah, let's see what. Yeah, what but will I mean, in, in, yeah, but I think in this world, you know, there are not that many intermediaries that are necessary. So for hotels, you need booking. For for books, you need Amazon and Kindle, and this is mm -hmm. it. But at the same time, since exactly what you're saying, since there are so many things being uploaded, 
uh, you, you, the choice makes it more complicated. And then in order to be able to navigate the, the, the many choices that we have, we rely quite heavily on, on someone. So, you know, some people look at uh, Bill Gates reading lists. Some people look at somebody else's reading lists. I, for example, have some friends, I, follow, I including yourself. I mean, one of the best books I've read in the last few years was Red Notice, uh, and that was recommended by you. Since everything is so easily available and there's so much of everything easily available, we start heavily relying on people and sources who can refer us to the things we will, you know, appreciate and enjoy. Well, what's your uh, reading routine? Uh... Do you understand that you are uh, sort of in the evening uh, switching off from work by reading books? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have, I, 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 I don't remember who exactly it was, but someone from, from Sorain and from one of our colleagues who, who's, you know, working a lot as, again as, as well, uh, uh, you know, our job is not that easy and requires a lot of concentration. So in order to switch off from work, you need to concentrate on something else. And uh, she basically told me, you know, that uh, reading is the, you know, main thing that helps her uh, switch off work and go somewhere somewhere else. And to be honest, I don't know, people do it differently. I read like five bo books at the same time. So, mm. and they would be quite different fields. And again, written and audio. About what you said, the switching off, I heard this uh, wasn't so easy before uh, for you, so that you were close to burnout at some point. Did you have a burnout? And if yes, uh, how did you get out of it? I mean, I've talked to several, I mean, I talked to my doctor and my uh, other people had that support me throughout the, uh, many issues. Um, so, you know, burnout is not an easily diagnosed, uh, um, you know, not disease, but situation or uh, a problem. Uh, and uh, I was surprised when somebody, you know, told me, you know, do you know what burnout is and do you feel like, you know, maybe this is this is applied to you? And at the beginning, I was uh, <laughs> quite strongly disagreeing that I'm anywhere close. Uh, but uh, uh, at, at some point I had to recognize that something's not working properly. I mean, I, I wasn't working properly. I wasn't, I had really um, difficult time concentrating. So even mundane work became quite complicated and quite difficult for me. I was irritated or irritable all the time. Uh, and uh, I, I was physically exhausted all the time. I could sleep, I don't know, 12 hours a day. And uh, and I started becoming, af you know, afraid where this is, you know, where this is going. So it was, mm, and then I started thinking, you know, what caught me here? And, uh, uh, and uh, it, it's quite unexpected, but the year, well, maybe it's expected, but the year and a half of, COVID and um, as work as working quite a lot, but doing that alone at home, not having uh, personal contact, not being able to enjoy uh, the non-work uh, relations that much or not really enjoy them properly. Um, yeah, so I think I think the 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 reason I got where I got was that um, I was too much concentrating on having everything done because again, this was lockdown but the workload we all had was amazing i mean it was huge there were a lot of demand for for us uh in in, in lithuania we had uh, 
um, we had slightly smaller team due to uh, some seniors leaving on maternity, so we had to do more work with with fewer people, and uh, uh, you know keep the quality, keep the clients satisfied. It was it was very demanding, and we just and I just concentrated on work. I didn't I didn't you know basically there was no other topics that was that that you know balancing out the workload and 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 that combined with the fact that we didn't have you know we didn't have didn't have the opportunity to socialize as we would normally we didn't have time to visit friends and families as we normally would and so on and so forth so yeah uh, i i uh, september last year i realized i'm uh, not in a great place and uh, so uh, uh, with the help of the team and uh, and other colleagues i took three weeks off I, ideally i think it, it should have been more but Still, you know, uh, we have to balance the needs and, and possibilities. So I took three weeks off. Uh, me and my husband, we went to Mallorca, spent the three weeks, you know, hiking, having some nice food and, uh, and, and views. It did help a lot. I don't think um, it doesn't go away that easily. And I'm sometimes, you know, thinking about it, whether I should, you know, uh, try and take some more time off to to really uh, try to let go of things because, for example, I didn't mean, didn't manage in the three weeks that I was uh, in Mallorca, I didn't manage to, uh, you know, stop reading the emails, for example. Mm. Um, so we, we, we have this head at least part of the time connected to work and connected to everything. Um, and, and 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 to be honest, I this topic is uh, somewhat close to me also in a way that I'm afraid that there are more people like that who 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 are suffering because of the continuous high workload, not balancing their life properly of the COVID, and uh, and uh, and I just hope that in 2022 we'll somehow manage to get back a bit better balance between how much we work what do we do and and uh, and other stuff and so your advice is just people should take holidays and and uh, and get the work life balance back i think it's not as uh, well y- yes and uh, it's not easily done unless you have something active planned and doing so because you know for example as as i said with books right if you are taking time off but you have nothing to fill it with I promise, I mean, at least I would be thinking about work and issues because there are always plenty to do and think about. So you have to find something that you like, that disconnects you from uh, from uh, from work. And uh, I personally realize that, uh, you know, people being able to meet people, being able to to stay close with friends and family is really an important thing for me. So uh, uh, even now that it's sometimes better to uh, stay at home and be working from home because, you know, our job, we can usually do most of it from home. I tend to choose to 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 go to the office, meet people, meet clients and and, and, and be engaged fully with people, not just, you know, um, emailing and, and calling and, uh, and and staying staying home locked. Your husband is a business coach. While hiking in Mallorca, uh, did <laughs> did he teach some uh, good lessons you have learned from him to, to help you in your business? I mean, yeah, uh, it's funny that you asked this. Uh, um, 
it's it's really interesting having discussions with Mindugas about some of the work issues that I have and he has ever the experiences with. For example, he's he's done quite a lot of change management and I'm not a very patient person to call it mildly. So I mm. want change now, I want it done and it's, you know, I'm I, I, I'm not very patient to put it simply. And uh, and one of the topics we quite often discussed with with Mindugas was, you know, how change happens and what are the methodologies for change to happen when we are talking about a, a team of people because people are very stubborn they when they learn something to do one way they they it's difficult to switch them I and mean, in just take our you know it systems there are quite many things that some people still don't use even though they are much easier much better much more efficient and everything but we still i mean one simple example the printing of the documents that you proofread before COVID like more than half of my team would just you know have the document ready print it out and then you know do the final reading <laughs> with COVID we were forced to get rid of this with, with get rid of this habit uh, but it it came really you know difficult so how the change happens in people's head how they learn to change their behavior what you know, what are the methodologies? This is the interesting topic for me, which is both interesting from, you know, understanding the, the understanding, uh, uh, a little bit understanding better people's minds and how they work and understanding the business uh, behavior and what, you know, what is effective and what is not effective. So he basically helped you to learn how to, how to facilitate change, yeah? Uh, He's still in the process of helping me to do it a little bit better. <laughs> yes. I heard you were aiming for a political career in Brussels at some point. <laughs> uh, would you tell about uh, that part of your life and, and your motivation there? Yeah, so it, it was a long, long time ago um, and it wasn't really a political career. So uh, when I finished law school, I was I, I felt like I didn't I didn't feel like I would ever work in a law firm or do anything related. So I, you know, went a totally different way. I was working in a, in a public service, working with something called youth policy, youth organizations. And uh, then I was invited to to by people, you know, I met through those through that work. I was invited to work for a newly created non-governmental organization. Uh, international NGO, uh, which was uh, called Youth Press. And it was basically uh, young journalist organizations in different countries creating a U European umbrella organization. Uh, and I was invited to, well, to basically lead it. I was, I was uh, in the, at the time they called the secretary general, it's something like, you know, COO in 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 corporate world, and uh, uh, so I quit my uh, secure uh, public office job and went for to, to work in Brussels. The, the NGO at the time didn't have any money. Uh, I I I I slept on a on a mattress in a like I didn't have usual facilities you would have at home. I didn't have a bed. I didn't have well, many things. But at the same, and and I work with people uh, who who are ba who were based in very many different countries, and we were trying to create some events, and uh, it was 
uh, it was one one of the most challenging jobs I've ever had. Uh, it there were days when I thought I couldn't do this anymore uh, because you know having a team composed of uh, a Portuguese journalist, a German project manager, uh, and uh, a Lithuanian IT guy, uh, the <laughs> communication hoops you encounter are unbelievable. Like you wouldn't believe, and they are all based in different countries. So you cannot, you know, just have a coffee with all of them and have a discussion. And the Portuguese girl would say like, oh God, this is, we do, did it all wrong and this is not going to work. And the German guy would go, uh, why are you attacking me? Why? I, it, it was, mm -hmm. it was, uh, um, uh, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it taught me really, really a lot. And I think uh, one of the uh, uh, this is this this year in Brussels helped me a lot professionally. It was tough, but uh, quite a lot from what I've learned there. I then later used while working in 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 tax because well I started in in, in with you know big four being a tax consultant, so there wasn't much project manage, management to be done there. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, when 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 I started working in Sarainen and we had to build up tax practice from new, all the experiences I had in Brussels and you know, uh, starting with communication, ending with project management, and so on, helped me really a lot to 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 to, to get it up and running in Sarainen. Mm. But how did you start to practice tax? Because I uh, you know in Lithuania the situation is is pretty much uh, like everywhere in the Baltics that uh, there is no like uh, good quality tax education, and uh, it's it's quite rare that uh, you see uh, good tax specialists emerging from the local market. So, what's your story? Well, I I told you already that I didn't like the law studies much. Uh, the one of the reasons I did not is uh, my strengths lie with uh, uh, mathematics, with logics. You know, I, I uh, at school I was you know a math guy, a math girl, and uh, um, and I chose to to study law because I wanted to to work more on or to develop more my other skills. But studying law was I didn't like it. I mean. I guess the time was, and 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 how things were presented. I thought, you know, it's a lot of uh, learning by heart rather than understanding logic and so on. But while I was studying that, tax happened to be the only thing I liked studying. I mean, there was not much of tax, but there was some, and this is the only thing I liked. And when I finished, I was finishing my year in Brussels, and I decided that I, you know. I had a lot of like project management, communication skills, and so on and so forth. But I realized I wanted to learn something, you know, something substantial. And uh, uh, and my thinking was like, if if there's one field of law that I would like to try, is uh, it's tax. And uh, I, while on holiday in Lithuania, I happened to meet someone from ELSA, which is Law Students Association. Mm -hmm. Who, who at the time was a manager in Deloitte. And it just naturally happened that it was 2007, the markets were booming, everyone needed people. And so basically Deloitte started, you know, <laughs> calling me, do I want to try, you know, to work for them? 
and this is how I went to Deloitte, and from there I went to Sweden. So basically, I see it also in Latvia that that uh, people start practicing tax just by starting to practice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mostly in big four. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because this is a topic that is called currently quite interesting for me because you know we need more people in our team in your yeah. team we we need talents and uh, and we're we're usually hiring quite young I mean we are hiring students often or young lawyers and we train them the the tax side of things because yeah there's no there's no university that really prepares you for 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 the job we're doing um and it's interesting that uh, uh, throughout the years I realized that there are some people for like who for for whatever strange reason, but like me, they think they want to work in tax. And with those people, they have the patience to learn the, the, the you know the tricks of our trade because it is the first few years is quite challenging to learn tax because you know again there are few laws, but everything is. Uh, you know, everything you have to learn is not written anywhere and there's a lot of, you know, time to, to just working and working and working that you need to to get the hang of it. And uh, so those people who think they want to work to, to, to specialize in tax, they have the patience and they, they just, you know, and all our successful hires were people who were, you know, for some reason, they thought that students, they want to specialize in tax. We've tried hiring people who didn't have any particular like of tax. And uh, uh, even though they can be quite good, if they want, you know, if they have the, the skill and, 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 and patience to work and learn, but uh, quite often they would choose to try out other fields uh, because it's, Texas specific, I'm just all the time surprised and I don't know how to communicate it, but uh, I think tax is an amazing opportunity, career opportunity for lawyers, because uh, when we need to hire, we, we've been trying for the last two years to hire some senior tax lawyers. There's really big demand and there's not much in the market they can, you know, you can even talk to. And uh, so, you know, while there are quite few uh, litigation lawyers and M&A lawyers and so on, tax is still quite, you know, you can you can basically know the full, the, the whole of the market, the all experienced tax lawyers there. Um, so I think it's a good opportunity for for uh, uh, for people to, um, uh, to 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 have a career in. But it's, you know, it's an acquired taste, I guess. So not all of them, all of the law students would probably choose to do tax. I fully relate to that problem. And <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm just wondering uh, myself sometimes how to overcome this. I, at the introduction, I already told that uh, your Lithuanian tax team would uh, was built from scratch to a top alternative to Big Four in uh, those 12 years you're working for Sorainen up. And then your tax team also now is uh, the most profitable of all the Sorainen tax teams in uh, all the Baltics and Belarus. So what what are your main principles you would highlight for achieving this success? Yeah, I have two areas that I think that are of most important in our business, at least, you know, my uh, my take on it. And it's people, so your team. Because uh, as you know, 
it doesn't matter how smart or, or charming or uh, you know uh, efficient you are you are you cannot do much if you're alone and especially me i'm not i'm not a solo worker there are people who prefer working alone i can't i don't enjoy it i'm not best at it i need to work with a team uh, so from the very beginning my uh, my priority number one was to uh, build up a team and we've started with with basically uh, one junior lawyer and one uh, student and and I myself wasn't that much experience at the time so I still needed to get, acquire a lot of technical knowledge and my priority was to for all of us to learn and to develop a great team and so uh, yeah so priority for me number one is is the team that you're working with and uh, and uh, quite quite many of our current team members are here with with, with me for eight or and more years and many of them started working started we were started working together when they were still at uni so they were still students and you know we all learned together and we grew together and and big part of why I enjoy this work is the possibility to work with the people that I do work. Uh, a pillar number two is uh, uh, clients and well, naturally in order to 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 have whatever results you have, you need to have clients. And uh, I was with some once telling to someone that uh, the reason why tax consultancy happened to be so suitable business for me is because I like the puzzle thing of our work. So, you know, every question is has in any in some way is a puzzle that I like solving it. It, it mm. you know, it trains your mind is fun. It it is very much related with many other fields of law and business. So I like understanding the how things work and 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 getting to work getting them to work a little bit better, a little bit more efficient, and so on. At the same time, I appreciate getting to know people. I appreciate meeting different people, getting to understand how they 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 think, how they how they uh, uh, communicate, what they uh, want to achieve, and so on. So uh, yeah, again, client side of business, I. I, I enjoy, you know, um, uh, doing doing that work both as a technical analysis and as as finding better ways to to help uh, help people that I meet. Great. So, people and clients. Um, uh, not that uh, <laughs> unexpected, huh? <laughs> no, but uh, I I think you're uh, definitely uh, at least I can see that you're a communication person. So. It it uh, just shows that that uh, you have to be good at both. Yeah. I, yeah. I I I I mean, in in my team, we I can constantly keep saying that in our job, I think tax technical knowledge, understanding tax, is between forty and sixty percent. So basically, it's only half. The other half is understanding people, communicating with people, project managing. You know all other stuff that is much more uh, difficult to learn because we're not technically taught that thing. And it really uh, is an important part for the client because if you know everything but you don't communicate it properly, 
uh, uh, you're in you're in so much you know you're not gonna get the result the client wants. Fully agree. If we speak about the the other part you mentioned, the clients, what are typical industries for Lithuania, and what what's your favorite industry to work with? Oh, well. Taxes fun also because we work with different industries. I mean, it's totally different thing to work with. I don't know, uh, oil refinery, uh, some you know, factory producing something, uh, uh, startup, and uh, uh, I don't know, trading company. Uh, but uh, and it it differs from time to time. Uh, uh, one of the uh, nice discoveries for me were video game industry. I didn't really understand the industry as such and how big it's, it's become and 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 what they're doing and 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 how uh, inventive they are and how much fun it is to work with them. Uh, so uh, video game industry as such, also uh, startups is fun because uh, startups fintechs because. Uh, uh, what is fun for us is something new, right? Because there are many questions mm. that come again and again. At some point, you you know the answer more or less, and it's less fun to be dealing with with things like that. But when you have a, a, a coming company coming with entirely new product that hasn't existed before, entirely new service, and how to interpret it from tax perspective is a lot of fun. I mean, for example, a couple of years Lithuania had. Uh, number of successful ICOs, initial coin offerings, and, you know, trying to understand how this uh, tokens and cryptocurrencies are treated from tax perspective, that was sort of reinventing the the the, the, the field a little bit anew. Uh, so, yeah, new kinds of products, uh, uh, business models, and, and so on are always fun to to work with. And uh, in one of our previous episodes, uh, we spoke to our colleagues from Estonia, the Kaido and Tunnel, that mm-hmm. they were have been handling uh, tax issues for uh, uh, shooting movie Tenet in Estonia. Uh, I I know that you you have been also working with the movie industry in uh, in Lithuania. Is there is there a, a tax story related to that as well? Yeah, well, we've been working with HBO producing Chernobyl. To be honest, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I haven't seen it, although I know it's a great movie and everyone has seen it but me. And the film industry in Lithuania has has one advantage in, I mean, from tax perspective, that we have specific incentives for uh, film producers. Uh, so, and as always, there are many issue, many other issues around anything you you do in a new country. So it was fun working with them, and at the same time, it's fun to you know to be telling people, yeah, we worked with Chernobyl. I saw the movie actually. I the it's series. Good? It's it's it's. Uh, I really liked it. Yeah, it's uh, of course it's uh, something uh, uh, so realistic. To, uh, also, when we were. Living at that time in in uh, yeah. uh, not far from what what happened, so it's uh, it's a bit scary stuff. I I, I know that uh, I mean uh, um, there. I think it's quite different for 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 us to watch this movie as you know having experienced living in in, in the Soviet times, living in the system. I mean, and 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 understanding that uh, some things from our own experiences, rather than you know, 
uh, someone from a country that hadn't had much experience with 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 the regime, uh, they probably sit quite differently. I mean, I would I would love to have a discussion, for example, with someone I don't know from uh, Netherlands uh, who who hasn't been much to 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 Eastern Europe and hasn't had much experience with that to discuss how they see this movie compared to how we we see and feel it, because there's a lot of uh, you know, description and 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 vis visual information that describes how it felt at the those times. You know how how all the clothes didn't fit. How you know it was everything was a little bit different than it was elsewhere. Maybe you have another story related to text. This, I do. Uh, yeah, please. <laughs> you know, it's it's in a way related to what we have been discussing about. It's related with life and tax and business and, and, and so on. So, and I have this theory that um, well, the, some part of it is not my theory, but what is happening in the world that less and less of tax structuring, so-called. So, you know, shopping for tax, preferable tax jurisdictions, you know, having uh, intergroup company structures that uh, enjoy much lower tax regimes. Some 10, 20 years ago, they were done on, you know, by having an empty company here and a shell company there and, 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 and uh, contract here and there. And it was quite easy, relatively easy to do to, to achieve a, a a smaller tax uh, tax bill. Uh, now with BEPS and you know geopolitical situation and OECD activities, what is what is happening is that uh, there are activities worldwide that taxes being should be levied in a country where the value is created, and uh, uh, and less and less possibilities are for shifting profits to some tax havens, some tax preferable tax jurisdictions and so on and so forth, because uh, tax is and should be levied where the value is being created. For example, corporate income tax, we, if you speak mostly, right? Or personal income tax, if we speak about individuals. And, um, uh, and if we look at the world where the tax will be levied in a country where the value is created, then what is the value? And value uh, uh, is resources, uh, resource, financial resources, assets and people. And uh, my theory is that more and more tax will be attracted to countries and places where it is nice to live. Because where people go, the value goes, and where value goes, tax should follow. And uh, uh, and that's why I'm, I was making a joke about, you know, uh, Spain being able to tax uh, their sunshine the, all year round, because people want to live in Spain. And once they live in Spain, they can be taxed by Spain because they become tax residents in Spain. And uh, now looking at, you know, there's a lot of mobility at the same time as being the border of EU. There have been, you know, different phases of uh, uh, Russian, Ukrainian, Belarusian uh, businesses moving, uh, people or full businesses moving to, to the Baltics and, and, and elsewhere. And, uh, uh, and, I look at it as a possibility for, for example, for our countries to attract the talent and acquire the skills in certain industries that we don't normally have, or we have rather small, for example, like video games. And uh, at the same time, looking at what was at what is happening, I think people are moving. Well, the people who are moving to Lithuania, they are not moving for any other reason than they just prefer to live here. 
So people don't move to other countries because there's a Havara tax regime. They move to countries because they like living there. And uh, so <laughs> that was a big intro. So my theory is that if we concentrate on making our countries very nice to live in, we will attract people moving to our countries. And with that, we will attract both personal income tax on their income and corporate income tax on their uh, on their profits. And I don't think in the end of the day that tax determines where you live. I've had so many clients who, you know, they knew that it's more beneficial to live in, say, Andorra, uh, but they still chose to live, for example, in Lithuania, where it's much more ex expensive tax wise to live, but it's still reasonably good because they like living in Lithuania. And again, so if if I had a say in this, I say that our tax systems are good enough. They can be adjusted a little bit there, here and there. I have some ideas if anyone asks. But <laughs> the main thing I think is if we become a great place to live, we will, you know, it will attract people, and that will attract tax revenues. And that, you know, that is exactly one of, you know, one of the core. Uh, uh, one of the core goals of, I guess, any government to have the have the rev tax revenues and and uh, growing. How does that sound for a theory? That sounds uh, very interesting to me. To as a, as a door opener to another discussion, another podcast episode, <laughs> especially <laughs> considering that I have uh, still a lot of uh, questions to you, which I didn't manage to ask. And to but, be honest, uh, I, this is yeah. the topic I have in my head for, I don't know, last year or so. And it's, you know, it's 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 growing. I have, you know, more and more theories, ideas about it. So I'm, I'm happy to talk and uh, and yeah. uh, and develop yeah. it further as uh, in every episode also i i will end up uh, with uh, what uh, would be your answer to your version of uh, meaning of life oh I should have prepared myself for this question, I guess. Huh? Yeah, we need another episode for that as well. But uh, to try to make it short, I think life is best lived when you have people you care around. So for me, you know, people and and relations with people are important and when you have ways and means to express your potential so i'm i i uh i could keep saying that we in order to be happy we all need to have purposeful activity one or the other i'm i'm super lucky that i i like uh, found quite accidentally as we already discussed uh, this field that I like so much and that is giving me both, you know, the, the, the purposeful activity and the people that I can relate to and, and, and get to know. So, yeah, relations, purposeful activity and and or yeah, and the the the, the one thing that will probably will not make us happy, but will make us unhappy if we don't have it is uh, psychological and physical health. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, we have to be very conscious to keep ourselves healthy because, again, as my story of today uh, <laughs> describes, if you lose the balance, you lose the health. And if you lose the health, then nothing else, I guess, makes much sense. So uh, foundation is physical and mental health and then people and purposeful activity. Great words, Sala. Great words. <laughs> well, now let's words. see how, how we can, uh, you know, 
implement that in in reality yeah i'm i'm sure you're you're as always will be successful with everything so uh, I, I have no doubts about that thank you ladies and gentlemen it was a pleasure to talk to Salah dagelite our tax partner at soran and uh, lithuania and uh, thanks i appreciate your time and uh, it was pleasure it was one hour uh, flying so fast really enjoyed it thank you thank you it was fun i didn't have a, a um i didn't have a plan of what i'm expecting but it's it's a very nice experience different than i expected and uh, thank you for for having me thanks Alec. see you like, soon cheers bye thanks for staying with us with this tax stories episode next time we are going to the hotspot in the world map today to ukraine until then goodbye